Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Uh, welcome to your own podcast, me, John Lebin, Paul Henry, and the legend, Mike Grundy. Mike, cheers for inviting you to the gym. Oh, to your gym. Yeah, no worries, mate. I mean, it's good, good to have you down and do this podcast with you both. I was going to say, me and Paul could probably do with uh, using the gym maybe before. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when did you buy this gym? We've had this gym now, probably about five years. There's me and another guy, Danny, Danny Casey, I've just met, you've just met, Dan, he's another director. We've had it about five years, and now it's just kind of, well, before Boris put us in lockdown. I mean, just started kind of paying and, and you know, we're just starting taking a bit of money from it. I was going to say, it's a weird rule, like, isn't it? Keep McDonald's open and shutting gyms for people's <laughs> health, isn't it? It's just a hard one to get your head around. And have you seen the queues? And then Massive. McDonald's, ridiculous. I drove past it at Wigan the other day, and the queue is like half Back a mile. Back onto the road. Half a mile long. Yeah. But then again, do you know what I mean? When they put the weight on, they're going to want to come to the gym, aren't they? So when the gym's open, hopefully we get a, a, a big influx of people coming in. <laughs> the, the, the bit from being from Wigan, which I, I can't understand, is you being a double-hard little bastard and not playing rugby. Because in Wigan, I can imagine when you were growing up, did you get any pressure to go down that route? I did. I did a year at rugby when right. I was about 12. Yeah, 12. So I'd done, I'd done wrestling from six up to 12. And then I had, I had a coach from America, and he left and went back to America. So through all my grassroots of wrestling, my coach was from America. He came over here to build up wrestling in this country. He was like a legend in America. He, was, he went to the Olympics and stuff, so he was really good. But anyway, when he went home, it obviously it upset me a bit as a kid, and I kind of left wrestling for a year or two and started playing rugby. But I was all right. Do not I mean? I was good at tackling and getting stuck in, but couldn't handle the ball too well. <laughs> just fall to the ground and not let just, go just to the get, Just get hold of him, yeah, and put, put him, <laughs> pin him on the back. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was getting done for the penalty rules, holding him down too long and stuff. Uh, when you were younger, because wrestling is in, in, in England isn't as big as other sports, so when you were a young lad, did you think, oh, I'll make a career out of wrestling, or were you just doing it because you enjoyed it? At first, obviously, you always go into just enjoy it, really. I mean, that's, that's why you're re really doing and stick to it. But when, when you get a little bit further and you start taking getting took on to like, the world-class programme and stuff like that, then it's like... I mean, I always fought from, like... My first international tournament was probably about 12, 13. I always thought I want to be that person because wrestling's not big over here, like you said. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted that person to make it bigger over here. Do you know what I mean? I want to, be, I want to go to go to the Olympics and, and win a medal or Commonwealth and win a medal. I want to do all these. I had all these little goals in my head, and it's still not changed really. Being in the UFC, I still want to make wrestling big in this country or bigger. You know, so I always had that little goal for myself. And when, when did you start looking at MMA? When you were a young lad, did you start, like... Because UFC, in the last couple of years, has just gone huge, hasn't yeah, it? It's gone ridiculous. Even, even, like, 15 years ago, it wasn't the sport it is now, was it? Did, no. did you even notice, like, Pride or UFC when you were growing up, or was it just all wrestling? I think I noticed it when I was about 16, 17. Um, me and my mates had a bit of a mess about it when we watched some TV, but mainly Pride, like you said. Yeah. We've seen, we seen, seen that, and then we had a bit of a mess about it with it, because, obviously, we wrestled then and um, had a few little scraps in the gym after our wrestling session. We'd put up some gloves on and have a little bit of scrap. Um, but it was always not, it was not something I fully wanted to do. I just wanted to be a wrestler. Like I said, I wanted to make wrestling big in this country and I wanted to travel the world, and which is what I've done, really, and, and get medals. 
Because you, you, you got a bronze in the Commonwealth, was it? Yeah. My research is right. Was That's that right. that highlight of your wrestling career? It probably was, yeah. I mean, I've been to two Commonwealth Games. I went to 2010 in India, and I went to 2014. Yeah, 2014 in Glasgow. But I went after 2010 in India, I, uh, I finished. I kind of fell out with wrestling a little bit. Uh, not because I'd lost in the Commonwealth Games or anything, just some other politic reasons, really. But I, um, I, I stopped wrestling then. I went to mixed martial arts. I'd been training before mixed martial arts, but I went and did my amateur career at mixed martial arts in 2011. And then I felt like I had unfinished business in wrestling. I felt like I, I deserved that medal because mm -hmm. of the amount of effort and time I'd put into wrestling. So I come back for 2014 Commonwealth Games, won the nationals, won all the qualification tournaments. Jesus. And then I, um, I went to the to Commonwealth Games and I, got, I took a bronze. So how long were you out of it before you come back then to, to get to that level? The last time I wrestled was the 2010 Commonwealth Games and then I come back for 14, so four years. Jesus. And then we went right to the top again. Yeah. <laughs> so not, not, not some of the wrestlers, some of the wrestlers probably wasn't happy because obviously they trained for four years for that 2014 yeah. Commonwealth Games. And then I obviously just come back that year, <laughs> won the nationals and went. Because they can't say anything if I'm beating all the guys, yeah, who's, like, yeah. guys from the squad. You've done it by the book, yeah. Then, you know what I mean, I'm the best in the country, yeah. so they've got to send me. The, <laughs> thing, the thing I, I don't get is, when, like, I like watching MMA, Pride and stuff like that. You're watching Pride, like Bob Sapp and people like that, they're getting dropped on their necks and stuff like that. There's not one bit of me thinking, I'll tell you what, I'd love to get in there. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it takes, like, a totally different See, mindset. Pride is a different kettle of fish, I'm sure it is. I mean, that, there's those face stumps, headbutts, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes there's no weights, like you said, Bob Sapp. He was fighting a little Chinese guy this big, do you know what I mean, sometimes. So it was like... Brutal. It was a bit more brutal, I'd say pride. I'd still probably do pride, don't get me wrong, but... Um, you can't beat some of them old videos, can ah. you? It's like, who's harder, a karate guy or a sumo? Let's find out. No way, it's no nothing like that. They yeah. just come in. The, the thing with the Japanese crowds, though, they don't cheer as much as like the UFC no. ones, which is... They did, like, That's special, right, aren't they? No, they are. I fought in Japan. I fought right. in Japan for my... Um, man to be my 10th tenth fight. I fought against the champion over there in Shuto. Right. And uh, he was a two-weight world champion, the featherweight and the lightweight champion. So it was, it was a decent fight. But, um, yeah, the crowd, like any time you do... The good thing is they appreciate everything about mixed martial arts. Like, over here, everyone's just screaming, hit him in the face, yeah, you know, crack yeah. him. Do you know what I mean? Swearing and whatever. Yeah. That's the crowd over here. Just everyone getting pissed. <laughs> but over there, it's like if you do something good, like a good takedown, they just clap, uh, a light clap, and that's it. So, so they're quite, they're, they're yeah, respectful, yeah. they're respectful towards me, even Tactics, though it's against yeah. another Japanese lad. Because even at like child level, I've been to watch like amateur boxing and they have the kids on first, don't you know? They go yeah. on like eight year old, nine year old, something like that. I remember one getting hit in the face and I could hear everyone get into his fucking eye. You're like, he's nine year old. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's obvious. Same with rugby though, isn't it? Yes, yeah, same with rugby. Do you know what I mean? Some of the parents are almost fighting on the side, screaming yeah. some stuff that they scream to the kids on, yeah. on the pitch. I know it's bad in rugby, like. Oh, well, rugby that, parents get banned from grounds. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that, don't yeah, they? Yeah. That Have some time out. Yeah. Go sit in the car for half an hour. Yeah, because my lad did a, did a couple of years at rugby as well. He's, it, he's fighting now and wrestling, but he's um, he did a couple of years at rugby, so I could uh, see the parents there, uh, they're ruthless. I, being a dad, is it difficult to, like, um, if you want your kid to get into martial arts, not to push him too hard, because you're like, oh, you're watching cartoons, you should be out here doing press-ups. Do you know what I mean? Is it yeah, yeah. hard to get that balance? Because yeah. we talked to Lee Breeze, <laughs> what it like, and he said one of his biggest regrets was pushing his lad too hard when he was younger. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I coach here. And so I coach my lad, and then obviously my dad. So it's tough, yeah, you've got to get a fine. You've got to get a good balance, really. You can't really be taking your training home. Yeah. And you know why he's having his Finishes. TR, he's knocking about with his mates, you're talking about what, what he did wrong in training. That shouldn't be happening, do you know what I mean? So I just keep it all in the gym. But he's, he's, 
And then I don't, like I said, I don't push him. I don't put too much pressure on him. Yeah. You know, if he loses, it's just, I don't go on at him. Do you know what I mean? I've, some parents in our gym, do you know what I mean? I've seen them go on at the kids and the kids are crying. And I have to say, listen, just lay, lay off him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let me have a word with him instead because you're not on the mat. Do you know what I mean? No, in fact, no. you go and get on the mat. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Let's see, what, see how you react when, when another kid's trying to take you down and you're tired and, you, you know, yeah. all these people are screaming at you. It's tough for the kids, so especially with the younger ones. So where does dad finish and coach take over? Obviously, you're there as the dad going, oh, he's going to get hurt or, you know, don't do that. If you, You're going to fall into a trap there. He's going to do this. But you've so, got I mean, to be professional as well and take that, <clears throat> take that out of it. Yeah, so it's on his it's on his terms really. He's older now, but it's on his terms. So, like for example, if we're at home, and he he comes to me and talks to me about the thing, I'll open up and I'll talk to him. But yeah. I will never go to him and say, not at home anyway. I won't say, Jack, do this or do that. He did yeah. this wrong. I'll let him come to me. So it's, it's kind of open to him. So when we get that, like he comes training sometimes, like during lockdown, for example, he come training with me in Liverpool with all the professionals, yeah. and he held his own. He did great. He's 15 now, but um. He's done great, do you know what I mean? So we'll talk about it all the way on, about training, what he did right, what he did wrong, so he can learn. Yeah. And then after, when we get in that car, then that's it. We, we, we don't talk about it. That's some upbringing, though, for the kids in the school, isn't it? Someone tries to yeah. nick his milk money or oh, something like that. He's, he's definitely cocky, yeah. Like like is, he, is he better than you when you were 15? He is. Is he? It's hard to admit, but he is. My dad, <laughs> my dad was my coach when I was a kid as well. Right. And he says he was better than me. Uh, so if this yeah. is now, just say he gets dated, potentially... Could have a war of Wigan. Well, we've you got were it. getting to your son. We, I, I was just going to say that, yeah. We've got when he when he was nine. I'll tell you the story. When he was nine, we was in it was in a restaurant. I'd just been to the Commonwealth Games and I got my bronze. <clears throat> and we were just talking about the Commonwealth Games and stuff like that. And my dad was saying to him, you know, what, what is that what you want to do, Jack? Kind of thing. He says, yeah, but I'm not going to go and get bronze. I'm going getting gold. Do you know what I mean? So we had a bit of banter back and forward me and him. And he was only nine then. So we shook on it. We said, right, when you turn 18, I'll be 30. 36 or something like that, I can't, I don't know. But anyway, I says, <clears throat> we're shocking it. He says, right, we'll better quit. Two pound a week now, two pound a week, week goes away. Whoever wins that match when you turn 18 gets the money. <laughs> so it's like equivalent to a grand you that one too. So yeah, but yeah. a lot of people's interested in it. Even like when I do interviews at UFC, they, they ask me about it because it's, it's, I put right, it on social now. media and stuff. So I bet your wife goes for him as well. If you look out and she's cheering for <laughs> oh, you. Oh, 100%. Big fan. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> She's saying, let's leave it till he's 21. So it could be. I've been in a wheelchair. <laughs> I, mean, I can't, can't do it, he's 21. He's getting strong now. I'm already wrestling him now, he's making it hard. It's a brilliant apprenticeship for him, though, isn't it? Yeah. Around all those pros. Well, it'll yeah, only he's... learn off you as well, because you can have made them mistakes that he doesn't need to make. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're younger, like, same with rugby, if your son's going to play rugby, you can say, don't go down that route. If you're going to drink on a Friday, it's going to affect your game on a Saturday. And all the things you've made the mistakes on, you can pass it on, can't you? 100%, yeah. That's, that's, that's the way I'm living my life now, really. I'm li living my life, obviously, to do great myself and do great things. You know, I'm still fighting the UFC, and I've still got time to do good things, but I'm also teaching him everything now. He's 15, 16 soon, so I'm teaching him everything as he's growing up. A lot of things, you know, like the psychological side of fighting and wrestling, it's, um, I didn't understand all these things when I was his age. Mm. I just thought, train hard, work hard, you'll get what you get, what you deserve, kind of thing. That's all I got told, you know. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of psychological things I think that's involved with um, fighting the men. It's a big mental game as well. It's not just about being the the strongest, the mm. fittest, the most technical. I think the mental game is definitely important in the fight game. Who do you look up to when it comes to the mental side of things? Because I can remember uh, Ken Shamrock was saying about Mike Tyson. 
He said, Mike Tyson, in his early days, he had 90% of them people beat before they even got in the ring. Who did you look up to as a young lad thinking, he's definitely got it, he's sort of, he looks a bit mean or a bit crazy type of thing? Tyson's probably similar for me as well, yeah. He's, he's, he's obviously got a lot of people's attention, and he, the way he was, you know what I mean? And he was honest about his approach as well, you know. He, I think, uh, have you ever seen that ring walk? He talks about how he's really scared in the back. Yeah. And, you know, when he gets to him, that's it, he's an animal. When he gets steps in the in the ring, sorry. Um, so, yeah, similar, similar, really. You do have the, you do have them similar things. I was talking about it with my coach this morning because we was watching my opponent on, on my iPad. And, you know, um, you stood behind the curtain just before you walk out. And the sound, there's a sound that comes on. Have you you've watched the yes, have you? Yeah, yeah. The sound comes on when both your faces come on on the screen. Same on the TV. And we hear that sound. And we was watching the watching the iPad and and obviously that sound come on and was like, you know, it's like, yeah, shivers down your spine, yeah. but it's also, it's a nervous feeling as well, because just when you stood behind the curtains, that's it, it's time to go then, and, you know, your music's ready for coming on just after that sound. You've done it all, the training's done. Everything's it's just, done, it's and you just got to leave it all in the cage. Brilliant. I always think you've got more confidence. It, obviously, rugby's totally different, but rugby, I always felt better if I've trained hard. When you went into the match, you weren't nervous because you thought, well, I couldn't have done any more. It's when you've cut corners and things like that, yeah. you think, oh, I'm going into it maybe with an injury. You think, oh, that knee's a bit dodgy. I hope no one yeah, yeah. goes for that knee or not like that. Is, that. is that the only time you ever get nervous to say you're injured or something going into a fight? I mean, preparation's everything. Like you say, you can't leave, leave no stall on turns. I mean, that's the saying, in it? And I generally train hard, very hard. Um, there's not many trainers hard as me, and I can confidently say that. And so I'm, I have got my confidence from that. But the, to be honest, you know, the, like you said, there's a niggle. There's all, I mean, there is always a niggle going into yeah. a fight, especially in our game. It's similar with rugby, I'm presuming, because there's a lot of injuries in rugby as well. So there's always a niggle somewhere. But you've just got to accept change and adjust. I have gone in a fight with a, with a pretty bad injury in the past. In fact, it was my UFC debut. I went in with um, three weeks before, or two weeks before even. I tore my hamstring grade two, pretty bad. Yeah. Just got physio every single day on it. Couldn't really do anything leading up to the fight apart from box on a bag or box on the spot I couldn't really move properly so my main game was wrestling so your strongest so was out of the wind took it so I, I didn't do anything to test it for two weeks up until the fight and it was very managed my UFC debut I was never going to pull out and um, just before just before I was when I was warming up in the back I was warming up with Terry Etting one of the lads and my coach said shoot, shoot a leg attack and this is the first leg attack I've shot in two three weeks so I shot a leg attack and um, I felt it a little bit. I mean, I felt it, I knew it was there. And he said, shoot again. I think he knew then, like, he said, he said shoot again. So I shot on the opposite side where it wasn't, wouldn't hurt. And he knew then straight away. So he stopped me shooting leg attacks and made me just do pads and whatever. But he didn't say anything himself. And I didn't say anything either that it hurt. But I just, then I just had a little word with myself. I said, right, like, you know what I mean? I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to box. And I ended up winning my debut on a, on a, with a TKO win. That's what you mean. My first TKO win as well in my whole career, so it's like... Well, your adrenaline's going to get you through, don't you? Especially with the crowd now, because from Wigan, everyone's supporting you from Wigan. Yeah, there's everyone's a few coming down. Up. There's loads of people there. You're just hoping, like, it hurts now with my house, but when you get out there, thousands of people, you just hope that's going to take you to the next level. And I think that's the hardest thing with, like, Fight Island. Because if you went in Fight Island, you walk and all you're hearing is your footsteps. Yeah. You might not have had that same energy going into something like that. Well, no, that was true. That's what it, that's what it was like when I fought in Fight Island. It was like you could hear chairs moving, all the commentators talking about when you're coming out. The, the adrenaline didn't kick in until you kind of touched gloves with your opponent. So you stood across the cage looking at your opponent, and there's just no 
there's no adrenaline. Do you know what I mean? Until you, until you start fighting. It feel Whereas like a spa, wouldn't it? It feel like a bit of a glorified That's how it spa. feels when it starts off. How but long were you over there before you, you fought? Um, we did about 10, 10 days. Well, it wasn't over there 10 days. It was obviously all the COVID and stuff. Yeah. It was a, it's a crazy system. You had to go to London for two days. You got tested, then you had to quarantine two days. Yeah. Then you had to get to Abu Dhabi, test again, quarantine two days, test again when you come out of quarantine. And then you get tested before you fight. So it was about 10 days I was away, but probably seven days though. And how hard was that? Obviously there's times <laughs> when you're in the gym, but you're only in the gym a certain amount of time. You're in your room, you're away from family, I'm guessing. And just what was the downtime like? I mean, downtime, it was not too bad. I mean, you, in, in London, you was in a room on your own. Right. And do you know what I mean? We were just literally a bed and yeah. you, your, your TV and that was it. But I don't mind my own space, me, do you know what I mean? When yeah. I'm used to it all, there's, a, there's two screaming kids That's and the missus. Yeah. It's um, a bit of downtime's all right, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't bad. Of, a group of northern lads as well in Abu Dhabi, have they ever seen anything like that? Because there was a few years on the card, wasn't there? It was me, Tom, and Till. We fought, and then obviously you got your training. You do the lads who come with you, you coach and train with you. Well, I thought it was a stag dude, didn't have a dog. It was a good laugh, you know what I mean? With the scouts as well, you know what I mean? The, yeah. there's, there's never, especially with Darren, there's non stop banter. It's day and night, do you know what I mean? It's like he never switches off. <laughs> well, he's got one of the best ring entrances I think I've seen. He comes out. Um, Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's one of the best entrances. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. The, I come out with him, like, I, I cornered him on that. But it was, um, yeah, shivers down your spine when you listen, just when you listen to it again. Yeah. Is it, like, that's the only bit I think I'd enjoy about fighting, is my music to come out to how like important. Yeah. Like, do you stick with the same one like they do with wrestling, or do you think, I tell you what, I'm going to mix up this time, or it's a new song out, or do you think I'm just going to go with this? Sometimes, I, I mean, I'll change it. It depends how I feel, really, and how camp's going. You, feel, you listen to it in camp and whatever. Consider coming out to a computer as well. I don't know, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> on your headphones as <laughs> you're training, go, this, yeah. is, this is the one. Just this come out with my shorts and no top. Yeah. So people in America saying, what the fuck's ultra big? <laughs> they wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> you know I mean? They wouldn't have a clue. They wouldn't have a clue. Only people in Wigan understand yeah. it, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, but it, 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 trying to get there to that next level, you, you'd spend so many years, like, on the, the British scene, didn't you, with Bammer and things like that. I, I think we've done about six years. Did you ever think, in them years, I might not make it to the UFC? Or do you, were you always confident that it'll happen in the end? I was always confident that, it, that I'm going to be in the UFC. Always. Um, there were some times, you know what I mean, when it was tough. Yeah. Tough, very tough. Um, like I'd done, with, like you said, wrestling's not popular. So I'd done all my wrestling career with um, fi financial, financially no money, do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, when I was on the World Class Programme, we got like, to train full time, this was, but it was like 700 pound a month. Yeah. So you just sponsors, sponsors aren't there like they would be. With no, athletics because it's not it's not as televised or yeah. anything like that. I mean, no one wants to sponsor a wrestler. No one hears yeah. about it. So you're getting about 750 pound a month. You're living off that. I had a kid, doing at 17. Jack Jack was I had Jack when I was 17. Oh. Started young. You know what I mean, but so <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. And then when you start in your amateur career in fighting, um, you know you, you've got no money. Mm. I mean, I sold a lot of tickets when I when I used to when I used to fight and stuff. You used to get like 100 people with me an amateur, so you get ticket sales. But that was it. You know what I mean? That was every every other month you'd fight, so you won't get too much from that. And um, and then your pro career, starting your pro career is not greatest. You know what I mean? I started on Bama straight away, but it wasn't the greatest. So the struggles, banging on about money, I'm complaining. But, uh, the journey, but I'm saying the struggles yeah. to get to where I am now. 
And this is a lot of kids, kids make this problem. What they do, they, they look where maybe I am and like Darren and people like that, and they think that that's just just happened overnight. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It's so it's so, it's so tough. Do I mean? And like I said, there's been times where, you know, I mean, me and my missus have spoke, but you're just gonna have to just get a job and mm -hmm. and train part time. But if I did that, then I, I think I think I would have gone more into the job and like the money yeah. of getting the job and and not finger not not fighting. You start getting the comfort, don't you? The you get you in. get comfortable, the money coming in. You start wanting to buy things and stuff like that. But I just always believed in myself. People did always believe in me as well. I've had a couple of sponsors that's backed me from day one. You know, Qualitec, they're, they're the main ones really. They backed me from day one a lot. So, um, but yeah, you just got to believe in you. Just got to believe in yourself and, and kind of throw all your eggs into one yeah. basket. And that's what I did. It's like you say. You, you, in the end. you go through all that. You were never going to pull out with that injury, were you? Everything no. you've gone through, everything you've fought. You know, those cold mornings, the runs, the training, everything, the sacrifices. Yeah. Right, my leg's pulling a bit, I'm, I'm out. It's never, never, never ever, no. Who knew about that injury, by the way? Just uh, my team. Just your team. Just my team. Yeah. I think it did get out somewhere, but I, I don't think he knew because hmm. he definitely took the bait, like, because he expected me to take him down, obviously, because all my yeah, other fights, I took ground. people down. Yeah. So yeah. I was always faking the takedown and cracking him with right hand and take down, fake a takedown and cracking him with right hand. I think I took him down once and it hurt so far. I'll not do that again, you know what I mean? Do you, do you not think it would have been a TKO without that injury? Probably not. It's funny how it works out, isn't it? It was weird, yeah. So it was a, it was a blessing in the end. Yeah. Really. Because it was a good debut to have. Yeah. Do you think that's where all the, like, saying what you went through, it's the same with rugby, boxing. You never hear, like, oh, Bartholomew's just got into UFC. It's always from the yeah. rougher yeah. mining towns Working and things class, like that. It? It's that mentality, isn't it? That bit of, you've just got to get yeah. on with it. Do you think that's why, like, at the minute, all the best fighters from England are probably Liverpool, Wiggins, from the north at the minute. Do you think that makes a difference because this is the area you come from? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think King Street helped, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? A few scraps in Keep there. Keep me sharp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, no, seriously. Yeah, you just got to... I mean, it's just an old working man's town, Wigan. Do you know what I mean? It's a tough place. And, do you know what I mean? You, you've got to kind of work hard for what you, what, you, what you want, really, in Wigan. That's the way it is. That's you know, my dad. He was a, he was a ground worker, and I watched him. I mean, I even worked with him during my summer holidays in school and all that type of stuff. So, right. it's, I think it's my upbringing as well um, that, that's helped me work hard and just not, not care about grinding mm. and just struggling through things. It's always been there in you, hasn't it? To, yeah, and then yeah. the wrestling obviously helps. You know what I mean? The wrestlers, the, I think, the mentally the toughest and. They're, um, they, they understand grand and used to being under, uncomfortable in uncomfortable yeah. places, do you know what I mean? So I think that helps us a lot as well. I bet on King Street, though, you still get grief. I bet every time you go in the pub, there's still someone here. This is what you need to do, Mike. Do you oh, know what I mean? There's this guy who's been drinking for 15 years straight, never had a fight in his life. Pop, pop belly. Pop belly. <laughs> you get that a lot. Naff, naff jumping on, telling you how to do MMA. Do you get that quite a bit in Wigan? Yeah, well, you do, yeah. You do. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I had, um, who was it, someone... Few people online do it as well. Do you know what I mean? Give a lot of people. But one of the one of the best ones is, oh, I think I put it, I put it, put on the um, after my last fight. I lost my last fight, but I had a choke in that was pretty deep. It was mm. it was on. You know what I mean? It was on at one point. Anyway, I put this on, put this picture of the choke on, and I said, if I got this, no, I said I thought I, said, I put on like a, a post saying if this was on, you know, it was, it was, really it was nearly awesome. on. It was nearly on. It was going to be over, kind of thing. And someone commented, and then said. Yeah, if you, if you finished this, I would have been £3,000 up because um, I put a bet on you. 
And I was commenting back, I says, yeah, and I would have, I would have possibly had a 50 grand bonus and once I had a Borok and George, you know what I mean? <laughs> I brought my John in the first round of that fight. Sorry about that, Paul. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, sorry you missed out on your 100 quid you put on that, that, that the fight, but... We've, well, all, we've all missed out. Yeah. <laughs> Social media's like that, though, isn't it? Especially yeah. people like yourself, you're in the public eye and that. How hard is it not to reply? Because I always say, like, anyone you talk to, I always say, why do you reply? Like, you get a thousand nice comments. And then one saying, Mike, you're shit, and you're like, that's it, I'm replying one, to him. One person, it's, yeah. It's just one of them, you just think, oh, fuck But him. I think that's what they want as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you get, you get a lot of people coming telling you what you should have done in the fight. And who you, you should fight. A lot of people become a manager as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're saying, oh, you, you should fight this guy. Why do you not call this guy? And why do you not talk like Conor McGregor and stuff like that? I get, I get that one as well, because I'm quite a placid, quiet person, and just get on with me fighting. Yeah. That's refreshing, though, isn't it, in this day and age? Everyone's trying to be a Conor McGregor, and there's only one Conor yeah, McGregor, well, there's only one Ali, and stuff like that. I think I think it looks worse when someone isn't like that and is trying to be like Charles Sonnen or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being humble and just good at your job, I think it's refreshing these days, especially in yeah. MMA and, and boxing. And when, and when you do do it, it means more, doesn't it? When you yeah. get these, oh, these yeah. fighters week after week shouting and turning up and standing up in the crowd and shouting out and stuff. Yeah, so. and I think if, you, if you're just copying that guy... You're just second best to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be second best to anyone. So it's like you're just copying that and you kind of look stupid. If it's not your personality, then yeah. I think I think you you end up coming across as stupid. Yeah. So I'll just be myself. There's a lot to be said for that quiet menacing, isn't there? <laughs> I think like, it's like uh, one of my favourite fighters was Fedor. Yeah, he just and got he, on with it, didn't he? He just got on with it. He's such a nice fellow, isn't he? He's in the press conferences. Okay, yeah. Pretends he can't understand anything, but I think he yeah. can understand a little bit. Just smiles, yeah. shakes hands. He's got a body on him like mine. It just doesn't look like he trains or like that. He's an animal, isn't he? Oh, that's what I mean. And he's absolutely nails, wasn't he? And I think Pete, the, they called him the Emperor, wasn't he, back in the day? And he'd come out and then pride. And he was more scary to me, like watching from an outside. I think that guy just looks like he'd t- you pull your head off. Yeah. He's the one to watch. Yeah. No, he's a typical Russian, isn't he? Just tough. Yeah. They, they just have that glare on the face, don't they? That it just never changes. Whether they win, whether they lose, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, like the, the facial expressions never change. Well, wrestling's always been a massive part of uh, the champions, and like you've got Khabib and that now yourself. Yeah. Wrestling was one of them at the start. I don't think people took it as seriously, did they? And then all these wrestlers started coming through, and they're like, "Well, they're winning everything." Because to be MMA, you've got to be good at everything. Yes, yeah, not you just have nowadays. Yeah. At, whereas at the very start, if you're a really good wrestler, you get away with beating the box. Whereas now, I think if you weren't good at all of them, you get called. Get found out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've got to be definitely well-rounded now. And I mean, like you said, the wrestlers, wrestlers are still quite dominant. In, in the sport, you know, like Daniel Carmey just retired and people like that, Khabib, you know, and Mr. Uroy, he's just retired, he was a good wrestler. But yeah, I think it's um, it's, a, it's the dominant sport. I don't think it's just the fact that they, uh, they're good at the technique, it's just the work ethic that they've had from wrestling and the discipline and all that type of stuff. I think that's what helps them along. Do you, do you think it's easier to have that wrestling background and to take on the other disciplines rather than have those other disciplines and try and take on the wrestling? You're going um, to make yourself unpopular now, aren't you? I know, yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. But there is still also rest, so, some things that we do in wrestling that makes mistakes in MMA. Right. I mean, there is some things that you do wrong, so it's trying to find that balance, really. Because mm. boxing and things like that, it's not something you pick up overnight, is it? Like, uh... No, you've just got to get used to getting hit. Sometimes, you know, wrestling's a very... Um, it's a power and strength-based sport as well, so you've got to be more relaxed with your punches, aren't you, as well, I'd say. So you've got to watch it all load up on your shots. So you've got to 
got to put a lot of time, I think, into your boxing as well. How do you sort your training out? So you'll have so much time to train. You can't just do it all like, oh, wrestling one hour, boxing that hour. Do you do less wrestling training because you're so good at it and then focus on the ones that you're maybe not as mm. good at, like boxing and judo and things like that? Or do you just do the same of each? Probably same of each, but I mean, I'm a big believer in still working on your strengths. You know, my strength is wrestling, so I can't desert that. If I start deserting that, you know what I mean? People's going to catch me up or... Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're going to be slacking in them areas, and when you get to the FC, everyone can wrestle as well. So you've got to still keep on top of them areas. But the way we train, it's like, you know, like for example, this morning we trained wrestling and jiu-jitsu together. You know, I mean, you, you've got to try and put everything together. You've got to see it all as one sport. You can't just go and box. I mean, you will train them individually, but still, you've got to still, while you're boxing, you've got to think, you know, you put, it, put your guard a little bit higher because that head kick can come in or something like that. So you've got to, you've got to still still um, be open-minded of every single, each area of each sport. And does your opponent dictate the training? What do you mean by that? Just just what you're focusing on. Also. Oh, yeah, so when, when you're getting, like, 10, 10 weeks out from a fight, yeah. you kind of just specifically train yeah, for what you're going to do it. for that fight. Yeah. But in between them stages, then, you know, you, that's when you're developing, that's when you're learning, that's yeah. when you're, you're changing things, which is, I think... A lot of MMA fighters don't do so. A lot of MMA fighters, what they do, they just come in for camp. But then you just focus it on that one person. Yeah. But how do you, when do you... It's such a small window, isn't it, to Yeah, so, so when do you, like, open your mind to just chill, relaxing, training and, and learning new things? Otherwise, you're just pressured on that fight. What, what's your goals for the UFC? Where do you see yourself? Like, do you set yourself goals or it's just about the next fight, get through the next fight? Right now, it's just about the next fight, really, and, and getting up there, you know what I mean? But obviously, you know, I want to get, I want to make a run to get to that championship belt, you know what I mean? I, I do want to make a run. I'm not, I'm not in this sport to just mess around, you know what I mean? You, but, which can happen these days, you know what I mean? I know I've, I probably started in May late, you know, I'm, I'm 33 now, but there's still time, you know, Bisping yeah. won, it, won the belt late. So um, there's still definitely time to do something like that. The but best right thing now, it's just taking a fight at a time and winning. Well, that, that's the best thing about MMA, like other boxing, is the fact that you can get beat and it's not the end of the world. No. Whereas in boxing, it's like, oh, he's 27 and always probably just for Dorman for 27 yeah. fights. And then they put him in against someone, he gets beat. It's oh, I need to retire. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, he should retire. Where MMA, because it's all under one umbrella, they think, well, that'd be a good fight. He's a good fighter. Put them together. So you could have, like, some people's records aren't great. Are they? Is it Dan Henderson, when he won the title, his record doesn't look great on paper, but... He's a double-eyed bastard, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's good. great to watch and things, so... Gives you confidence if you get beat, it's not the end of the world, is it, in MMA? No, not at all, and that's what's good about it. And they put the right matches on. Mm. You know what I mean? I think boxing a little bit, sometimes to pad it up until a certain time. Yeah. You know, with MMA, it doesn't happen. Avoid you, each other as well, though. Yeah. So, yeah. with MMA, you're fighting good guys straight away. Well, that's a good thing, because Dana White owns everyone, doesn't he? Yeah. Whereas, like, in boxing, you've got different promotions, yeah. different managers, and trying back. to get the, the fight together. It's like Pacquiao and Mayweather. It took, like, ten years to come on, didn't it? Whereas it was too late, then, wasn't it? If yeah. Dana White's so much trending on Twitter, Dana White's likely just to get well, it sorted, didn't They it? put on what the fans want, won't they? You know, yeah. I mean, that's, what, that's what's good. Yeah, that's what About the UFC. What's he like as a boss, Dana White? I've only met him. I've only met him once, and that was when I went to the UFC PI centre when we, we did a training. Darren fought for the belt against Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... We did our training camp in the UFCPI centre in Vegas, so we did, we did four weeks there, and he come and watched one of our training sessions, so we just introduced ourselves, really, and that's it. But yeah, he seems, he seems like a nice guy in that. That's the only time I've met him, though. I wouldn't mind being a pound behind him. Oh, God. In the money he states, because yeah. he, he, he got bought out, didn't he, for it's so a million, million behind him. 
couple of mil behind him. But just yeah. just how he built it anyway. He he had a vision when no one else did, didn't he? To no. sort of to sort of build it where it could be. But he worked hard, hasn't he? Yeah. Again. Yeah. Didn't he, just happen. He deserves it? it as well, I suppose. You know what I mean? He's, he's putting on shows during a pandemic. He yeah. was the only guy to do it in sport. Yeah. At one point. He found a way, didn't he? Yeah. Saw so an island and yeah. put it put it put face on it. Who does it? You know I mean, he's mad. Well, it, it, it's weird when you look at MMA when you talk about Bisping as well, about how we, he's open the gates for people like yourself. Yeah, Whereas yeah. you, Darren, the other lads in the gym now, there'll be, I bet in about 15 years' time, we're talking about 20 to 30 lads in the USA, in the UK, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where do you see it in like 20 years' time for England? I think he obviously it's growing all the time, isn't it? I mean, he's taking over boxing now, I'd say. Yeah. I think Connor, all respect to Connor, like, I mean, he, he definitely did change the sport. Do you know what I mean? I think it went to another level after him. And um, there'll be many more fighters like him, I think, that's going to make another, make it expand even more again. But Dana, like I said, Dana, like I said, Dana never switches off. He's always got ideas on here to, to expand yeah, the sport, exactly. make it better. And I think the pandemic's helped as well. I think that's going to gain, gain new, new mm. um, fans because at one point there was only UFC on TV. There was yeah. no boxing, no live boxing anyway. So all them boxing fans that want to put a bet on maybe or yeah. whatever, they're going to watch UFC. So, so then that will convert fight, a few yeah. new fans. It's the same with the rugby in that as well, wasn't it? Like, it, there's no rugby or football to watch. There's a lot of people who are passive fans will have just jumped on the UFC bandwagon. Yeah. Plus all that. They, what, what MMA does really well, which rugby doesn't do, and boxing does it quite well, you get to know the fighters, don't you? The backgrounds, like, embedded yeah. in that. You think, oh, he's a nice fellow, he's got kids, and he's doing it for all the right reasons. And so I think MMA sells itself really well. Yeah, they do. They work on, like you say, each fighter who needs a bit of promotion. They'll, they'll, they'll do, they'll do like document, little documentaries on them and stuff like that. And then also the fighters will do their own individual ones as well. So like we've got one started now with um, Propeller, a guy who, who does all my video stuff. So he's um, he kind of does some stuff with me, with videos when we're training, just to lead up to my next fight and that. The other thing I wanted to ask about cutting weight. Oh, yeah. Because you see them videos and, like, you look like you're nearly going to die. Like, how, how do you feel them last couple of days when you've got... Because uh, you, you're not the biggest fellow in the world. To cut down even further and you train all the time, eating, all the time, well, eating well all the time. How hard's that, the last couple of days? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the weight cuts. The weight cuts tougher than the fight. You know what I mean? You've got, like... I'll run you through it dead quick, but... Obviously, you've got ten weeks before... Well, ten to eight weeks before the fight, and you, you obviously really diet. You're dieting, then your calories are low and... You're, um, you know, you train two, three times a day. So you're at a deficit, a definitely a deficit of calories. And then when you get to like, probably four weeks out, you'll cut them again, your calories come down a little bit again. But then it's the last week, that's the hardest, the hardest part of it all really, is when um, you've, like me for example, I'm 71. It's probably about 71, 72 kilogram on the Monday. I weigh in on the Friday at 66 kilograms. So I've still got five, six kilograms to go. Jesus. So, that's basically just water, then you're lean at six, I'm at 6% body fat then. So then the last day you can't, you can't, 24 hours before you stop drinking, you can't drink anything and you've still got to train twice and you can't eat. Your energy levels must be so low in those last couple of oh, days yeah. training. Yeah, you're just punching pads like yeah. there's nothing in them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're just trying to lose the weight, but yeah, it's the, it's the no water and obviously very low food, nothing on the day, day before weighing. And then if, if you have to, you have to go in a sauna or you have to do really hot baths um, to keep sweating. But other than that, I, I try to train it off as much as I can. But a lot of people do do baths and saunas. Does it, it must affect performance, that. Because even, like, um, 
like just eating slightly less than what you normally have. If you go training, you think, oh, I should have had some carbs or something yeah. before training. Headaches and feeling like headaches. Oh, yeah, like yeah. you must be dreaming about water and stuff like that, or just thinking, oh, I could just do yeah, no, you say that. steak and chips. There. I have done. Like, I mean, I have. I've gone to bed. Not this, not, not my last few fights, but in, the, in fights in the past. I've gone to bed, and every time I've closed my eyes, I've just been hallucinating about, about water and stuff. Waterfalls, it was. <laughs> I don't know why waterfalls, but it was waterfalls because I'd not had water. That's just the brain sending a message, isn't it? No, it was, so gonna... it was ridiculous, yeah. Because you can get like long-term implications with that kind yeah. of like a lot of boxes and things like that. What what would difference if you just jumped up a weight? How heavy is the next weight up that you'd be fighting now? Or is that just not realistic? Uh, it is, yeah, of course it is, yeah. I mean, but then they're cutting weight, so they're going to be bigger on the day and stuff when you fight. It's like me, me for example, I weigh in at 66 kilogram on the on the scales. And then the day after, when I go to fight, I'm 70, 74, 75 kilogram. So I put nine, put nine kilogram overnight. What's kilogram in pounds? For people that don't know, don't know like two, myself. 2.2. <laughs> uh, it's nearly 20, 20 odd pounds. 20 pounds, is okay, it? Okay, that's over a stone, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds right, doesn't it? So it's, yes, I put, I'm sorry, I put on 20 pounds overnight, I do. Because I weigh at 145 on the scales and I weigh at 165 on the, on the day of fight. So yeah, I put 20 pounds on overnight. Do they give you any sort of limit? Like, can you put as much weight as you want on in that time? Or do they have, like, a catch weight? So, like, if you went too far up, they'd be like, no, you can't do that. No, you can put as much as you want on. But, I mean, you don't want to obviously go silly. Do I mean? Because you're just going to be a bit lethargic and you're going to get a bit heavy. Well, your body won't have a clue what's going on, will it? No, I, I have done that before, though. I've then. gone too heavy. Um, I went to, when I went to Japan, I just, um, I just couldn't sleep. I got up at 6 in the morning and started eating. Yeah. This was after, after weighing. And I ended up going up to that 76 kilogram. So I put 10, just over 10, because I had to weigh in at 65 then. So I put over 10 kilogram on. I think I had about 10 meals that day, though. I don't think it's possible, would you, to put us? Yeah. It is when you're hungover. That sounds like a hangover day. You know, all inclusive all the time. That sounds like me hungover, but. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese buffet. Because there's a fine line of eating too much as well. Because if I eat too much, I feel dead lethargic. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's how I was in that fight. I won Christmas it, but afternoon. I, I was. I was just always lethargic, like. Because Darren Till's like that, because Darren Till looks huge. Yes. But he fights at, like, uh, is it welterweight, middleweight? He was at welterweight, at middle now. Because what, what, what does he guy, boil yeah. down? He, he must boil down quite a bit, does he, freeze? Well, uh, sorry, welterweight was always tough. You know, it's always a tough cut for him. He was a big welterweight, but at middleweight, he's not too bad now. He's not too bad now. He's got, like, a, what you asked me before, he's gone up a weight. But he's right. still a good size middleweight. Because the older you get, the harder it'll get to, well... It, for myself, anyways, to try and lose a bit of weight, it just gets harder. Get off it does, yeah. And things After like that. 30, it is. Yeah. It's, it's tougher then. So, do you think you'll ever make that jump up to the next weight? Yeah. Or will you just keep battling on that minute while you can? Right and... now, I'm doing it good. <clears throat> I'm doing my weight really good. I've not had any bad experiences. Early on in my career, I've had a couple of bad experiences with my weight cut, but right now, I'm doing it fine. I do it all with no baths, no saunas. You don't have to push your body too hard to, no, to make lean it. lean yeah. as I can and get as lean as I can with my food, be professional, and then I um, just train it off. So I do good. Who's the fighters in the UFC at the minute that you look up to? Is there any fighters you, you think, oh, if they're on, I'm definitely going to watch, or you think I love the way he does this and things like that? Something I've not really done enough um, is watch and study other fighters as much. I've started to do it now um, because... I think it's something. Well, it's something I should have always done. I think that's my mistake. But um, I've started to look at other fighters a little bit more now, and, and even learning from people same weight as me and whatever. Thinking, oh, he, he does that good. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe use that inspiring tomorrow. See if it works for me. You know, things like that. But there's no one really stands out who I, who I, 
I think I, I look, I look, obviously, I always look at obviously my teammates. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm always watching them. There's a couple of fighters who are who's exciting to watch. Adesanya's nice to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a good fighter to watch. Um, it's like a modern day Anderson Silva, isn't he? He sort of took yeah. over that role. I think McGregor's on us. I watch him because of the hype and stuff. Sometimes his personality winds me up, but he, um, I'll still watch him. Well, he, he's one of them that you either love or hate, isn't he? Marmite, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. yeah Khabib, I like to watch Khabib as well. Similar yeah. style, I like a lot of stuff he does. Well, he's a different personality altogether, isn't he? He's, we were talking yeah. about being humble, yeah. wasn't he? Him and his dad yeah. just went about the business. And do, do you and think it, he'll stay retired? Because he's only quite he young, He's a man of his word, do you know yeah. what I mean? He's, he's not all money with him, I don't think. No. I mean, like he said, well, he said a couple of comments last time after, after he fought Conor. He, did, he didn't care about giving the... You know, because he got a fine and whatever. He didn't mm -hmm. care about giving them money, do you know what I mean? He, he didn't, it doesn't seem like money, money's his motivation. I think he's, he's his legacy more than anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I think he's a man of his word and I think he might stay off. I think losing his dad was a big thing, wasn't it? And, yeah. and yeah. How, he, how he, you know, he carried himself going into the fight and then announcing it afterwards. Whereas McGregor, you know, I'm finished. And everyone's going, OK, I'll catch up with you in yeah. three months. Yeah, <laughs> so you're in fighting July. He's a Mayweather. Mayweather's the same, and he yeah. like, comes back. You offer him enough money, he'll come back. Exactly. He'd fight anybody anywhere, wouldn't yeah. he? We find that with, like, sure pony type of people have got to be in the limelight, haven't they? So, like, it's like Mayweather. I think he's one of them... It's not so much about the money, he just wants to be in the limelight yeah, all the, the fame, time. Isn't it? The mm -hmm. fame, yeah, yeah, they get addicted to the fame and... Struggle to... having a fight with Morgan Paul. Yeah. Like, like he's a yeah. YouTuber, he's had one fight and he got beaten by another YouTuber yeah. against yeah. a guy that's a Hall of Fame and meant to be the best ever. It's just... What, what do you yeah. think of them, like, cross them fights, like... MMA against boxing, they're just two different, aren't they, sports? Yeah, I mean, obviously that with McGregor and Mayweather, I think that kind of did do our sport a favour as well, though. He, dra mm -hmm. he dragged some fans over and, you know, that's off to him. Mm. What McGregor's done, I mean, he said it from he said it from years ago, he said he's going to fight Mayweather one day and stuff like that. And everyone, even I thought, no, no chance, he's never going to fight Mayweather. Mm -hmm. He's best ever to do, best ever, do you know what I mean? He's unbeaten and all that type of stuff. And I thought he's never going to fight Mayweather. Anyway, and then he's happened. Now everyone wants to do it. Yeah, this is yeah, the thing, yeah. the psychological thing again. No one really wants. No one really wants to take that leap and do it until somebody's done it. Done. So yeah. McGregor's the guy. He's leading the way, and he's done it. And now people's wanting to do it. Comes gotta, around, doesn't you know, it? I always tell my son, you've got to be that guy who stands out and do it yeah. first. True you know about, is it? Make make it make it happen. Well, McGregor's one of them. He's got that personality that probably, even if he wasn't as good at fights, fighting, he probably still gets quite good fights, wouldn't he? Like Kobe Culverton is sort of going down that same route, isn't he? He's sort yeah. of like hated, but a good fighter, but hated in that much that people want him in there with the best, don't they? So you, you could have, like, just say your son now, it's probably worth getting him to do media training, isn't it? You know, yeah. microphone, a bit like in the old wrestling promos and things like that, like the Ultimate Warrior yeah. or Hulk Hogan, because yeah. that's the way. It's a big part of his now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the next it five or now. ten years, it's getting that way, isn't it? It's, it's getting more like that, isn't it? Like so he's upstairs now. You can get, we can get him down and get him on the camera in a minute. <laughs> no, he's doing, he's doing a private upstairs coaching the wrestling. So, um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But I don't think he, he's not going to be that kind of kid that's going to talk shit. Yeah. He's not, he's not going to. He's not going to talk. He's not going to talk shit to people. Do you know what I mean he's going to be? Um, he's going to be humble, but I think he'll um, he'll be a little bit more um, talkative than me. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it, it's. It, it's MMA is more prevalent now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The, the shows and, and, and how it is from when you were you were growing up. Yeah, massive. You know, so.
But even on the local scene, like the UK, it, it's got bigger, hasn't it? Like, there's a level below the USC. I think it's Bammer in the UK and Bellator in America and things like that. That's got bigger because I can remember when it first came around, they, like, they were just doing it in like halls, weren't they? And you thought, who the hell's refereeing this? It's just some guy from the pub. And everything yeah. just got bigger. And the ring girls, them earlier shows, and we've got borderline, like, dudes like porn stars, weren't they? Just walking around in bikinis. I don't know how you used to fight. you like... Cleaners. Ah, that's I mean, like, she, she just got a thong on there. You know what I mean? Like, everything's just getting better, isn't it? So when your son comes yeah. through, even if he didn't get to the UFC, there's a level underneath that's huge at the moment. Yeah, they're getting the grassroots better now. I mean, they've got, like, this thing called the IMAFs. The IMF World Championship, European Championship. So the best, best from the, each country will go, go to these, uh, these big... Big tour. It's like a tournament now, so you can fight like two, three, four, five times in a day. Right. So the, there's not the rounds are not as long and stuff like that, but and it's not as brutal. Obviously, there's no headshots and things like that for the kids. So there's reels around it, but it's a good. I think it's a good thing because this gives kids something to aim for, even younger. So there's kids as young as um, I think 12. They're starting. They're doing these IMAF competitions. So regionally, they'll do like um, trials for these competitions. And then whoever wins or whoever shows up, they'll go to the, they'll go to these IMAFs and do the world championships. Like my lad did the world championships a couple, I think it was last year or year before. He got bronze there. Jeez. So um, they have got things now starting to come in place. And then, like you said, the shows are getting better now. Like Bellator's over here now a lot, yeah, as well yeah. as in as well as in um, America. So obviously that's a good show to be on. There's there's a few other local shows. Um, Prebellum is a new one. They're, they're really good. They're, they're, they're putting a lot of money and time and effort into it, and, and you know, they're, they're doing good. They're getting a lot of local lads. You, you need that, though, don't you? You need competition for the UFC. It's great that all the fighters are in the UFC, but if you don't have other competitions, Dana can come up to you and say, right, Mike, you're getting uh, two tins of beans and a sandwich for this fight, and you can't really yeah. say, well, if I don't get a better contract next time, I'm off. Yeah. Whereas if you've got the Bellator and that, it, it brings, like, money-wise for the, the fighters, it's better, isn't it? Like, you've got another option, like... If, they send you in a contract like I'm not saying at least you got, can go somewhere else. Yeah, like I said, Bellator's paying enough money now for you to be a bit more professional as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the smaller shows, you know, you gain some, some people might be getting £500 a fight. You can't live off that, can you? No. Do you know what I mean? So you can't train professionally twice a day on that and not work. So it's, it's good that, like I said, that these bigger shows now and be more professional. It's getting bigger in this country, in it, as well now, mm -hmm. like, because there's a few lads now in the FCs and from UK. So it's, it's definitely getting bigger over here. You coach uh, Wigan Rugby League. Do you think any of the rugby lads could go into MMA? Is there anyone that comes in and you think, oh, I'll tell you what, he looks uh, quite handy. Have you ever like, had a word and thought, if you took this serious, you know, like some of the younger lads that will come with the first team that could probably make that jump into MMA? There's a few, yeah, there's a few that's, that, that was good, to be honest, that, that picked things up quick, picked the wrestling up quick. quick. I mean, Sean, Sean was a good, good wrestler. He wrestled well. Sean O'Loughlin. Right, he, right. He well, he's retired. strong, isn't he? He's got yeah, his he shoulders are like these boxes, aren't they? <laughs> he's a big lad, isn't he? But he, he's uh, obviously just retiring from rugby now, but, so he's not going to go on and do a stint in MMA, is he? <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was decent, decent at wrestling. Liam Farrell, he was, um, he was all right. He was good. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't go to him and say, you know, would you, would you, would you want to try MMA kind of thing? Because, I mean, the professional rugby players now. But, yeah, they're, they're all, they'll all get stuck in and they'll, they'll work hard and they'll wrestle. So they've got that work ethic already. So I think, um, you know, learn about punch, take a crack. I reckon they'd be all right. Give a few Most of them, even. Well, brain cells, you don't have to worry about brain cells. Yeah, in rugby, so lots more to them at 10, <laughs> don't they? 
Well, what, what, what did rugby train for? Is it just a general wrestling session? Or because in rugby league now, it's all about the wrestle, the holding down, basically, you know, when someone makes a tackle, peeling off and things like that. Is it specific like that? Or is it just you're just doing a fitness session with them? No, I'll, I, mean, I'll, I mean, I'll speak to the coaches first. Um, I know a couple of coaches there, and Brad Linsky, he messages me and stuff and that. So I'll speak to the coaches about the, what they want to do, what's their goal in, in what they want from wrestling, really. And um, I'll try and work everything around that. So, yeah, it's more like, more like keeping them down or holding them down, mainly when you take them down, get them to the back, not to the belly. You don't want them finding the belly kind of thing because it's quicker to play the ball. Play the ball, yeah. So they, they kind of go on that a lot. Yeah, so it's about the, about the tackling techniques, really. No, well, you, you want to keep in with Wigan Rubber Leagues because if you get a title shot and yeah. uh, you want it to be at Wigan, don't you? You want to be at the JD Sports Stadium. The DW, yeah. Oh, DW, that's funny. I didn't even get the old stadium right <laughs> there. Oh, he's going to call it JJB then. Oh, yeah, that's what I started off and then I thought, definitely, isn't it? It's not Tesco's now. DW it is. Yeah, oh, that'd be a good one, it. That well, is that what I mean? Is that, is that yes, like something you'd look at and think, oh, I'll tell you what, in the future, I won't mind? Because in Wigan, everyone will get behind you, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you get you get a lot of people going, obviously. It's just DW, it'd be cold in there, wouldn't it? Okay, I mean, right, they'd have to put be. a roof on it. They've got a roof on it. They're not got a roof, have they? No, no. no. In the it's, summer, it'd be all right. Still, still, yeah. Still, still, still Wigan in July, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> sure, no. <laughs> still, still rains. Yeah. Mm. Well, that would be the best thing, because people in America and Los Angeles are like, where the fuck's Wigan? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That would be the best Wigan thing. on the map a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, but to be honest, the lads are good. They support everything I do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They, I mean, they had me on their... Um, they just done that badge bag, launch, haven't they? Yeah, they got me doing the video for that. I mean, the video went down well, but the badge, not many people fully liked it, did they? I mean, it's I think change, it's all right, it? but... It's change, isn't it? It's Everyone's nostalgic, aren't they? Everyone gets nostalgic, yeah. like, oh, remember Martin the Fire, all that yeah. badge and for the last 20 years. And... It's a massive change compared to the other one. I think right. that's what's... And there are a lot of legends have played in that one, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah it's a lot of history of the club, isn't it? Yeah, so it's just, just people struggling with that change, I think. But it looks nice on the kit. I think it looks good, yeah. Do, do, you not, um, do they not try and push you towards like having a nickname from Wigan? Because that's what people sort of brand them, isn't it? Everyone's branded now. So like, yeah. I, th I think there was a Wigan guy. He had like a, uh, eight pies score tries because of the <laughs> thing, and you could have like something like yeah. eight pies, black eyes, or something. You know what I mean? That I give out black eyes, something yeah. along them lines. Did they never push you towards High bomb cause harm. Something. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've never given myself like a, a nickname type of thing. I'd, I'd probably expect. You know, like the fans to give it myself, give, yeah. give it me. Did I mean like say, say something or something that yeah. sticks around that? A lot of people said the Wigan Warrior. Did I mean? Oh, that's quite good. Eh? Yeah. So, like, I mean, because obviously it? it ties in with the Wigan Warriors as yeah. well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's better than our pie that. idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, pies, I don't know how well that'll go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're from the North England, because think, why is he associating himself with pies? When they, it's not yeah. exactly your tough name, is it, Al? No one will know, will they? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Mike, cheers for your time. It's absolutely fantastic, and uh, hopefully we'll do a session, me and Paul, one time, and uh, we'll try and toughen ourselves up a lot. Yeah, get bit. in, get down, we do some wrestling. I'll, I'll teach you some wrestling if you want to do some wrestling. Got, got quite busy diaries, haven't we? Uh, yeah. If it wasn't well, for COVID, yeah. Mike, I'd be in there. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.